0: If you do characters, you get to use the word doom. Then I think you need to do characters.
1: Cool. Because it's your favorite word. It is my favorite word.
2: Do you work it into your everyday life? <laughs> no. You shouldn't. No. Well, I was going to say,
1: that's not true. It's just with us. And okay. I was about to say yes, but i that was when I was in your everyday life.
0: <laughs> uh, yet there are remarkably few opportunities to use the word doom in my life. I got to work on that. I was going to say,
2: I think that's your own fault. You Probably. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor.
0: There's a fellowship and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff. And I guess a few hobbits.
2: I I like hobbits. (laughs) I've always felt actually a good kinship with hobbits. Because they eat and they drink. And sends him on a quest.
0: Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed? Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the Green Dragon.
1: So you want to read Tolkien. Reading The
2: Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, here we are for Book 2, Chapter 4 of Fellowship of the Ring, A Journey in the Dark.
0: You'll be shocked to hear what it's about.
2: You know, I was reading your, your short <laughs> summary here, and you made it sound like it was so much walking, but there is a lot of action in this chapter, too.
0: There is. It's it's literally just walk, action, walk,
2: action. That's what my short summary is. I mean, one could say that every adventure is walk, action, walk, action.
1: <laughs> Sometimes they ride. I'm just saying.
2: But that's just like another animal is walking <laughs> instead. Of...
0: <laughs> We've ruined all of fantasy. Congrats, guys. Go home. So, well, our, we, we do have a good number of characters in this chapter walking and acting. Uh, We have our same Fellowship, uh, who have some opinions about going to Moria, which is what we're gonna do. So, we have Gandalf, who has been to Moria before, and uh, does want to take the road through Moria. Uh, Aragorn has also been to Moria before, and he's like, uh, hell no. I would like to avoid this, if at all possible. Uh, Gimli uh, knows it's dangerous, but wants to go to Moria because, like, it's the ancestral dwarf home. Uh, Legolas really, really does not want to go to Moria because he's a woodland elf, and duh. Uh, Boromir thinks that they should just go southwards on this side of the mountain. Uh, Sam, Mary and Pippin are way too excited by the idea of going back to Rivendell, but Frodo reluctantly agrees that they must go to Moria because they cannot turn back yet. Uh, poor Frodo. Uh, and we also have Bill, the best pony, just along for the ride.
1: He's Sorry, sorry Bill.
2: He's like there to...
0: Test Sam's loyalty. Pretty much. Um, so we also have some non-character creatures in this chapter. We have a whole bunch of super duper really creepy wolves. We have a weird tentacle monster. And we also have a sound of faint footsteps following behind our party that we don't get to meet, but... Dun-dun-dun. someone we've heard of before. Anyway. Uh, we, <laughs> we also Nicely have a couple. Done.
1: Of... Anyway, can't be important.
0: Yeah, nope, not at all. Uh, we also have mention of a couple of big old figures of legend that I wanted to bring back because we have Durin, who is, of course, the father of the dwarves, founder of Kaza Doom, aka Moria, was created by Ale, all that good stuff. Uh, and we also talk uh, about Celebrimbor again who was the grandson of Feanor and the last in his line, which, of course, from that we know that he met a terrible end because Doom of Mandos. Doom. So much Doom.
2: It's been a long time since you had an opportunity to say Doom, so I'm happy for you. I was so
0: excited when I was making this list because Doom. Uh, But Celebrimbor made a lot of cool things back in the day, including, we must remember, the three elfish rings. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Also, like, he collaborated on a few of the other rings and all that fun stuff. And then Sauron happened and, you know, the rest is present. (laughs) I was going to say the rest is history, but it's not history. Nope.
1: (laughs) Okay. So the short summary for this chapter is that our heroic troop walks towards Moria. They get attacked by wolves. They arrive at the gate and they get attacked by tentacles and then they walk through Moria, And there's a lot of walking and a lot of darkness, which is where the chapter title, A Journey in the Dark, comes into play. That's it. That's the whole book.
2: Pretty creepy. They do a lot of walking in the darkness. They do. It's a chapter
0: that would make Guillermo del Toro very, very happy. Wow, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it with that aesthetic. Yep.
2: Too bad he didn't direct The Hobbit. (sighs) Uh, Every damn day. (laughs) Anyways, long summary. So, we start off, we're still on the mountain. Um they drink that Rivendell drink. Oh shoot, I meant to look up what the word was. I've only ever listened to this word so I do not know what it looks like in words. The m- no, I can't even say that. M- Miravor. Yeah, there you go. Miravor. This special drink that was mentioned last chapter that they that Gandalf took from Rivendell that is like I guess it's kind of like an alcohol but a restorative one. Which I mean, I want that recipe, please.
0: <laughs> yeah for real
2: let's get buzzed let's... and feel super good you know like later yeah
0: no the fact that they only have like a small amount they're like we gotta be careful with it like really why
2: this stuff is magic well they need to make it last through Moria right, they should have more than that oh like they should have taken more Yeah. well Gandalf right. hid it from everyone so only he could take it and he just has his robes no backpack <laughs> so... which is dumb
0: Gandalf. Like, what? Oh, oh, we're not going to face any horrors after Moria? <laughs> it's
1: true. Me- There's a lack of forethought here.
2: Maybe Elrond only had this one vial. What? Maybe they were like, ah, we'll restock in Lorien. Maybe. But maybe it was made by, I don't know, one of the many dead elves, and nobody makes <laughs> it anymore, so he gave Gandalf his very last vial of it. Well, fine. Make me feel bad. No, I have my doubts that that's true, but... <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, Elrond is one of the very, very old ones. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair.
2: (laughs) So the group contemplates the consequences of going back to Rivendell, but then decide that they don't want to do that.
1: I uh, would really like to know Gandalf's logic behind this whole thing, because he basically tells Frodo that if you take the ring back to Rivendell, you know, in shame... It will never be able to leave again. Which like wow, Gandalf, way to apply the peer pressure. And also that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't it be able to leave again, Gandalf? Well it
2: wouldn't be able to leave again because they waited two months. Yeah, if they'd left the sitting first sitting time on this journey, <laughs> Sauron is literally heading their way.
1: <laughs> I mean, and I get that, but I also don't believe that they couldn't figure out a way to get out of Rivendell. No, I'm I agree. Just... It's dumb.
2: Although what it it might be more that, um, like, if they go back, that's pretty much Frodo saying he can't do it, but then who can? Like, if somebody tries to take the ring from Fro, like, that would just be a whole, they, they'd probably all just corrupted. kill each other, that you
0: That know? would be one way for it to end. <laughs> Here's a nice, cheerful story.
1: <laughs> that would be a very short trilogy. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, I read that, and that was my first moment in this chapter where I was like, really, Gandalf? That's the way you're going to play this? I don't see how it makes sense.
2: Yeah. Well, it would be complicated if they went back, but it does seem like it would never leave is a little bit much.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: The end. Continue.
2: Okay. They talk about heading into the mines of Moria. Gimli is very excited about this. Everyone else feels kind of nervous. Uh, Boromir suggests going through the Gap of Rohan, or, as, or
0: like just going so far south that it's just we just go around everything.
2: Like right down past the mountains, yeah,
1: yeah. Which would only add one year to their journey. That didn't seem right.
2: Um, but going through the Gap of Rohan would take them right by Isengard and Saruman. So Gandalf says they can't take the Ring that way. And like Emmy just said, going all the way around would take a lot of time and they don't want that because everybody would be dead by the time they got back. Yay. And then, of <laughs> course, Gandalf has one of his many, like I swear we've just had this line more than once, the not over or under, but through. Yep. You know, can't go over it, can't go under.
0: I definitely did that last chapter.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> Anyways, Boromir then kind of compares Moria to a stronghold of Saurons, and Gandalf takes great exception to this. As he's the only one who's been in a stronghold of Saurons and is like, no, it's going to be bad, but it's not going to be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> he does admit that there are orcs in Moria, um, but that they they may come across these orcs, but they also may come across the missing dwarves, uh, Balin and company. Uh, Gimli is very excited about this, and Gandalf strangely finds this excitement contagious. And even he is like, yes, Moria, we will do it. Gandalf has been through Moria before, so he does kind of know the way, although it was quite some time ago. Aragorn has also been through, but did not enjoy himself. I don't think we get any details about his time. No. He's just like, no, it was not fun, and I don't want to go back, but if this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: He's loyal, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, But I really like this particular passage in the book because it's when Boromir sort of takes on Gandalf, I guess is the only way to say it. Mm-hmm. When he worries about the orcs, Gandalf basically says like, well, no one said there were orcs in Moria, so this should be fine. was like, if there are orcs, which the eagles actually saw them far, far, far away from here, so they're probably not there, we're probably okay, then we'll fight them. And it's like, what? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But then Gandalf makes most of the decisions in this chapter by saying that it's what the enemy will least expect. And Boromir is the one who points out, well, honestly, how well do you really know him? We have no idea what Sauron expects. Which I appreciated because I really feel like Gandalf just makes up shit all the time and gets away with it.
2: That's fair. I actually think that's probably pretty true of um of Gandalf. That he just makes <laughs> shit up and says says it with enough confidence and people are like, Yeah, he's the wizard.
1: That's yep. fair. He must know it's what's happening. True. Yeah.
0: Um, I liked when Aragorn is reluctantly like, I'll go if we have to, but he gives us a nice little bit of more foreshadowing of doom but uh, I will follow your lead now if this last warning does not move you it is not of the ring nor of us others that I am thinking now but of you Gandalf and I say to you if you pass the doors of Moria beware
2: I feel like the last chapter and this chapter people keep telling Gandalf he's going to die
1: <laughs> yep heavy-handed Which, foreshadowing for the to win be,
0: to be fair like Knowing Gandalf. You could probably say that about every time he walks out the
2: front door. Yeah. But even Sam later has a line where he's like, you know, thinking about how Gandalf's going to end, I don't think it's wolves. You know, it's going to be something mm-hmm. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We're leaning on a little heavy, but it works. Um. So Boromir continues to be very against Moria and the Hobbits and Legolas also not generally for it. But Frodo sort of says, well, let's sleep on it and decide in the morning. And I think it's Boromir here who says, well, in the light of day, obviously, you're all going to side with Gandalf, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Boromir is so salty. I love it.
2: Yeah, it's great. Um, And it's true, though, because obviously, once the sun's up, being stuck in darkness for days won't seem that bad. So just as they sort of decide this, they hear a howling in the wind, and Aragorn jumps to his feet and says that it's wargs that have come over the mountain. Um, They sort of move where they're set up to a more defensible place. It didn't actually sound that much more defensible to me, but they built a fire. I don't know. Sure.
0: Yeah, they'd I, been I, under a hill and they went to the top of it.
2: I don't know. I feel like under would have been better. Maybe it just would have been more hidden, but then they decided not to hide.
1: If they mm-hmm. didn't have exits. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. No, This is where... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say I know nothing about, you know, a defensible position. So maybe I shouldn't judge.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, at least they'd be able to see them coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but right before that, when they first heard the wolves, uh, we got some more really great sayings of, of man. Like last chapter we had Boromir giving something, as we say in Gondor, blah 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 blah. Oh uh, right, yes. Or was that one before that? Whenever it was. Um and Boromir in this one gets to let out, the wolf that one hears is worse than the orc that one fears. And then... <laughs> and then I really <laughs> like that one. Right? And then Aragorn replies with, but where the warg howls, they're also the
2: orc prowls.
1: <laughs> They've got these proverbs that they just have been keeping in their pocket this whole time. I feel
2: like they're... um Oh, I don't remember the names, but the two dudes in um Princess Bride on the boat with the rhyming.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Fezzik and like Vizzini saying, like, no, no more rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mandy mm-hmm. Petit, Pati, whatever his last name is. I forget his character. His character?
0: Name. Yeah. It, my name is Enigo Montoya. Oh, right. You Fuck killed me. my father. Yes, yes of Prepare course. Prepare to Sorry. die. Come I wasn't on. thinking
2: of it in that, in that term. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow. Back to the wolves. <laughs> so, anyways, the wargs attack the fellowship in the night. They fight them off, mostly Gandalf, and uh, Legolas gets in some good shots with his arrows. Okay, um,
0: also, like, doesn't Aragorn stab one and Boromir beheads them?
2: Give them credit. Everyone killed some wolves except for the hobbits. Yep. But to be fair, the hobbits did exactly as they were told, and which is probably, like, for non-warriors, is probably the best thing to do in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. The next day, though, all when the sun rises, all the dead bodies are gone which means these were definitely, like, animals with intelligence who collected their dead.
0: No, but, like, the the arrows are left there. The
2: arrows are left except for one that was broken.
0: Well, but that was the one that was the on fire, like, I think. Oh. Right, because Gandalf, Gandalf called fire, and the last arrow, like, blazed. As it hit its target.
2: Oh, I thought it said that like the shaft was left, but the arrowhead was gone, and I assumed it was like embedded <laughs> in one of the bodies.
0: I thought it was the opposite. Let me check. Interesting. Yeah, all were undamaged, save one of which only the point was left.
2: Oh, I read that the other way around.
0: And That's so, weird. like, the bodies just are gone. They like turned to smoke or something,
2: oh. or went
0: incorporeal, right? So all the I honestly the- thought they'd
2: collected their dead. nope no way way creepier than that I I just think signs of intelligence in a wolf would be more ominous than yeah they smoked away
1: yeah that's true it would have been I mean wolves are very smart
2: right but they They don't collect their dead for a funeral I'm pretty sure
0: no servants of Sauron collect their dead for a funeral some might I mean I I remember reading about all of those great orc funerals
2: you don't know. This story is told from the point of view of the quote-unquote good guys. We don't know what the orcs are thinking or feeling. <laughs>
0: Hashtag Sauron was right the whole time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the evil humans are trying to take the land away from the orcs. Obvious. Anyways, in the morning <laughs> uh, they head towards the nearest door that Gandalf remembers. Um, the landscape has changed since he was there though and he's It was expecting, like, a river to turn up, but it doesn't for a really long time, and then eventually they find that that's because it's been dammed up, and there is now a large lake beside the cliffs that are the outside of Moria. As they sort of walk around the lake and approach where Gandalf knows the door to be, Frodo hears some splishy splashes in the lake on the far side, but doesn't see anything that makes them, just sees, like, ripples in the water hate that this chapter does a really good job of being very ominous and creepy even before they get into the darkness so gandalf sort of seems to lead them to a blank spot on the wall which eventually when the stars and the moon come out i actually don't remember that i'm just assuming the movie had it right (laughs) um no he has to he has to do something.
0: They appear. He has to find it, and then he has to whisper the words to it and have the
2: moon come out, I think.
0: Yeah. Or maybe, maybe the moon is incidental. Hang on.
2: Either way, they sort of appeared really slowly and thinly at first, and then the words and the symbols got thicker and more visible as they were there. But mm-hmm. there was no signs of any cracks or hinges. It's just magic door. Um, which um, has a riddle on it. Well, I guess we don't know that it's a riddle. It has some Elvish words on it. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, this bit, this bit. Frodo doesn't understand Quenya. Cause yeah. this is the ancient language of the Elves of the West. So what the fuck happened in that earlier chapter? Well, he just says he can't read them. But then he says he thought he knew all of he, Elvish. He said, I thought I knew the elf letters i but then he doesn't seem to know what this like what the difference would be between the language of the elves of the west and quote and just like plain old yeah. elvish either way, this implies that what Frodo speaks is Sindar and not Quenya one before it seemed to imply yeah that he at least had Wait, some knowledge of
1: both did it imply or did it say that it was quenya
2: it did not it, I, I it did not say quenya it just it mentioned that he spoke the ancient language and that the elves which were very is surprised. Quenya, okay. Yeah. Anyway, a mystery for the ages. I will have to so, reread that bit eventually because I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! What the fuck?"
0: Yeah. No, I had that thought too. But before we get on to the words on the door, yeah. Um, I just think it's this bit is interesting because there's it's very very heavy-handed with the whole like elves and and dwarves togetherness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just it's I kind of like it. Right there's. Uh, on the the door is what the emblems of durin and the tree of the high elves three guesses what that is (laughs) (laughs) uh and the star of the house of feanor Mm -hmm. and it's like all combined into the one and just before that there was a bit when they were talking about the land and how it was where elves and dwarves were friends together and all that fun um It's like, Gimli was like, it was not the fault of the dwarves that the friendship waned. And Legolas said, I have not heard that it was the fault of the elves. And Gandalf's like, I have heard both, but I beg you to, Legolas and Gimli, at least to be friends. (laughs) And it makes me happy.
2: That they're arguing? No,
0: that that it's the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, Uh, that
1: banter back and forth.
2: Yeah. Uh, I also like, because I think this is the first time we've seen the two of them talk to each other hmm so it is truly the beginning
0: yep but yeah the symbolism is pretty cool
2: and i also do like like i think this drawing on the doorway is probably one of like the most famous bits of tolkien's artwork hmm so i just like it that's all
0: yep it's real nice uh and also it's on the doors written about how um some random dwarf named narvi made them um We don't care about him, I didn't put him in characters, but that Celebrimbor
2: drew the signs. Yeah. In the Feanorian characters. Okay, Celebrimbor is Feanor's grandson? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Just wanted to double check that I was still in the right frame of mind with my Elvish lineage.
0: Yes, grandson.
2: Because we all know that can get fucked up real quick. (laughs) I looked it up. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well done. I made sure to get that right. So I just sort of assume that everybody who listens to our podcast has seen the movies. So obviously, we all know, speak, friend, and enter. I didn't know. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Rachel. <laughs> of course, um, Gandalf Gandalf doesn't know. So I guess we're all smarter than Gandalf. Ha ha ha. But there was no help from any hobbits in the solving of it. He just sort of looked at them all being idiots and then was like, oh, Friend. Yep. Which I thought was kind of funny. So he says friend, they go and it's not presented as a riddle either. It, He just says, oh the original people were just being stupid, basically. You know, having a laugh because everybody knew the password because they were all friends. Dwarves <laughs> and elves. Ha ha ha. Friends.
1: Time has passed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Life is sad again.
2: So while they're like before Gandalf figures it out and they're all just sort of sitting around while Gandalf says random things in Elvish and presumably Dwarvish. Although maybe not. Maybe he doesn't know any Dwarvish. Uh, Boromir throws a rock in the lake because he's kind of nervous and bored. It was not one of the hobbits. It was Boromir. I just want everybody to know that Merry and Pippin are not always the stupid ones. (laughs) I mean, later in this chapter, we see that sometimes they indeed are.
1: But in this case, they are innocent.
2: And... Frodo is very unhappy that Boromir would do this just because he's really freaked out by that splishy splashiness and does not want it disturbed, which is fair because then a tentacle pops out and grabs Frodo as they're all sort of heading into the gateway. And I think Sam's the only one who notices. Yep. Or the right. tentacles like scare off Bill and Sam has to very quickly decide. <laughs> to go Bill, after or Frodo, Bill or Frodo. Go <laughs> after Frodo. And he has this moment of, oh, but he goes and saves Frodo.
1: <laughs> Listen, Frodo has a whole company of people who could save him. And Bill only has Sam. So I'm, it's I'm, extra sad.
2: I'm not disagreeing. I just think, I just I just love that this was like a big defining moment for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Sam does go and cut Frodo out of the tentacle. Uh, But then, like, 20 tentacles pop out of the water, and everyone is like, oh, shit, and they run in to Moria. Um, And the tentacles take down the gates and the stones behind them, so they cannot get out.
0: I think, so I was noticing this, they don't, it's described that it doesn't actually destroy the gate. Oh, right, it just closes it behind them. Like, (laughs) well, and it it knocks some stuff down in front of it, so they can't push it open, but... I know, I'm like, no, okay, I don't want this this ancient thing to actually be broken, because that would be sad.
2: Maybe that's what Tolkien was thinking also. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't want to hurt my doors, but I don't <laughs> want them to be able to get out either. Yeah.
0: Anyway, um, these tentacles, super creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in, in the movie, they made it look kind of like the Sarlacc in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But it's like, no, it's literally just tentacles, and they're like, there's probably one consciousness, but we don't even know w- what it is. It's just you never see what they're attached to, grabbing at you.
2: And I think it's Pippin who asks, like, was that one thing? Was that many things? And Aragorn, I think it was Aragorn, was like, I'm pretty sure it was one thing controlling them, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Gandalf has this good line about there are worse things than orcs in the deep places of the world. Dun, dun, dun. I was trying to sound dramatic like Ian McKellen, but. I'm sure it didn't <laughs> I didn't. Nobody get there.
1: nobody can be as dramatic as Ian McClellan.
2: That's fair. Um Gandalf does sort of think to himself about how those tentacles went right for Frodo. This worries him, but I'm pretty sure this idea is never revisited because we never see the tentacles again.
0: Yep. I think it's more just meant to note that like things notice Frodo's. Whatever. I don't remember
2: if this was something we discussed on here or if it was something I was discussing with somebody on Twitter. But somebody did say that, um They thought all the bad things happened to the hobbits when they left the Shire because it was drawn to them by their ring. And -hmm. this is kind of that same idea.
0: Right. No, and uh, Frodo, it's interesting, that was doubly marked, right? He's marked as having the ring and he's also marked with being stabbed by the rider. So it's like they can both, they can be drawn to the evil of the ring and the evil that still lives within Frodo.
2: Ooh. The evil that still lives inside Frodo. That's a different (laughs) movie. So they start the journey across Moria. It is long and dark, and the only light is a dim glow that Gandalf makes from the top of his staff. He says it will be a three or four journey across if he doesn't get them lost, and it's all super (laughs) creepy.
0: No, thank you.
2: I will pass. Indeed. Like, I don't mind darkness, but not when I can't, like, when I don't know where it ends or what's in the corners or... Mm -hmm. No, thank you.
0: I really liked there was a bit where we get the explicit marching order. And I was just like, oh, so that's for when we roll initiative.
2: Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> that too. I was like, ah, oh, the DM needed to know where everyone was <laughs> for when the orcs attack. Okay. Um, as they walk through the darkness, we do learn that Frodo actually has some positive after effects from his stab wound. He can see better in the dark, which is actually kind of creepy.
0: That's, yeah, I Super don't like creepy. that at all. Uh, Also, we have another of the really great lines of, you know, sayings from people of Gondor, which is about in the dark um, in Gandalf. He is surer of finding the way home in a blind night than the cats of Queen Beruthiel.
2: Who, I remember hearing about Queen Beruthiel, but I do not remember who she is.
0: She was a queen in Gondor and apparently, like, terrible and then she hated cats and cats like liked her because of it and she started using them as spies and I don't know she got kicked out or something. Yeah. <laughs> I also looked that up. <laughs> but now now her cats are a saying,
2: apparently. As as they're walking and, and Frodo's thinking about how he can see better in the dark, he also starts to notice the quiet sound of footfalls coming from behind them. And they're not an echo because he can hear them still going after they've stopped. And, but they don't really get closer, and they're just like soft this. little pit pet's footfalls, always behind them,
1: following, following, creepy as hell. Yeah, I wish, I
2: wish the movie had played up the creepiness of this, but yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it was really just one, like one moment. He was like, mm, "I think something's following us. Yes, something is following you, and here is what it is." Yeah, there was no. And we creep get to factor. have
2: significant lines. Yep. Uh, So the group eventually comes across a three-way fork that Gandalf doesn't recognize. Unsure where to go, they decide to spend the night in a room sort of beside that fork. And that room has a giant fucking hole in the midst of it that Pippin almost walks right into. Because Pippin. (laughs) And then uh, everyone else comes in. They, you know, skirt around the hole, find somewhere to lay down. Nowhere near the hole. But Pippin is strangely drawn to it and he eventually throws a hole throws a hole (laughs) he eventually throws a rock down the hole to see how deep it is and it's quite deep and Gandalf is not happy about this at all and he has that good line about throwing himself in next time to rid them of his stupidity it's a good line, it's mean but it's good
0: yep this is a serious journey not a hobbit walking party (laughs) (laughs)
2: Savage. <laughs> it's great. I love Sessy Gandalf. A minute later, they all start to hear a curious tapping, echoing up to them from somewhere in the deeps. Uh, they say that it sounds like a signal or like um, like communication of some kind. And Gimli assured is being made with a hammer, but it does eventually stop and nothing else happens. So they all go to sleep. Pippin is put on watch for or first That's watch a terrible decision punishment. But he is still strangely fascinated with the whole and he keeps looking at it and thinking about it and is unable to forget about it.
0: I, I think this is so interesting because it kind of like it's another bit that just gives us a glim- glimpse of the evil forces working behind the scenes and it's not just like Pippin being like, I want to check a rock down this well mm-hmm. which is relatable, but it's, it seems way more sinister than that, and, like, it wasn't entirely his choice.
2: Okay. I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it more of, like, showcasing a bit of his personality that, that like, that when he gets something in his mind, he just can't let it go, which comes up later. But both, mm-hmm. I guess both of those things could be... Simultaneously like, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, a I mean, A little meant, of both. Yeah. And like also... it latched onto him
0: because of his personality, but...
2: He is also the youngest in the group and one might say the most, hmm, like the most not really knowing what he's gotten himself into. Mm -hmm. So if something were to be attacking or what have you, somebody's mind, I do think he would probably be the, the most vulnerable. Right. Anyways, um Gandalf eventually takes over on watch because he can't sleep anyways, trying to think of which of the forks they should take he so he relieves Pippin from watch, and Pippin does manage to go to sleep without throwing anything or himself down the hole, so that's great yeah. um eventually, Gandalf does decide what fork to take. I don't
0: remember how the middle one feels bad and the left one smells <laughs> bad. And the right-hand one goes up. All right. That's how.
2: (laughs) So my line of he decides based on something accurate. Yep. Yep. They walk some more and eventually reach a great hall. Gandalf is excited because this is the residential part of the mountain. And it means he chose the right fork. And that they are still on the correct path. Yay. uh Gandalf sends out a big bright light so that everyone can see how huge it is and marvel at the splendor of the dwarf in building thing. (laughs) I sort of changed what I was saying in the middle of that sentence. (laughs) But anyways, um, this bit had my favorite line, which I meant to look up what page it was on before, before um, I read it. We can wait. My favorite line is just... Doesn't really have any impact on anything, but it's after he, um, like a flash of lightning, comes up from Gandalf's staff, and then it says, "Great shadows sprang up and fled, and for a second they saw a vast roof far above their heads upheld by many mighty pillars hewn of stone." I just really love that description of the shadows, springing Mm -hmm. up and fleeing, because I can like see exactly what they mean, and I don't. I just Mm -hmm. really like that line. That is a good one. And then they just decide to sleep in the corner of this giant-ass pitch-black room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is weird, because aren't they in the residential part? They yeah. couldn't have found somewhere better.
2: But, like, they don't know what's on the other side. What that I would not be able to sleep in. That is so fucking creepy.
1: I already don't cope well in the dark, so me either. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not bad in the dark. Darkness doesn't really bother me that much, except when I creep myself out, and I would in this situation.
1: Yep. Yeah, because something is pitter pattering behind you.
2: Exactly. Frodo does still hear the following pit pats. Nobody likes pit pats. <laughs> Once they're all sort of set up, I guess like campfire wise, not actual fire, but I don't know, story time begins. And... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? They all like get yep. in their bedrolls, and I'm sure then they're like, well, let's chat. Gandalf talks about how the wealth of Moria is in Mithril and how important and special it is. And that Mithril armor that Thorne gave to Bilbo, who obviously gave it to Frodo a couple chapters ago, last chapter, whatever, is worth more than the entire uh, worth of the Shire. Frodo feels very uncomfortable about this and does not tell anyone that Bilbo has passed it on to him. Everyone seems to think that Bilbo probably misplaced it or something which is such a disservice to bilbo and these people have obviously not read the hobbit or they would know how smart and crafty and amazing bilbo is who would i Anyways. mean
1: it's it's just weird because bilbo has an incredibly well organized house or he did and why would they have expected him to lose it
2: yeah i mean frodo obviously thinks to himself like, he's sort of like, I wonder if Bilbo knew how much it was worth. Then he's like, of course he did. He did this to me on purpose and didn't say anything. <laughs> so Frodo knows how awesome and amazing Bilbo is, but everyone else, Gandalf included, is just like, eh, probably just lost it. Like, what? No,
0: like, left it in, like, the bank house or whatever. Yeah.
2: Uh, Gimli then recites a very good poem about Moria and the dwarves' relationship with the elves and all the history. It's uh, It was
0: good. It it fits with the the dwarven tunes.
2: Oh it, oh, it does. Yeah. Interesting. I, I listened to it, so I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Yep. It it does, and it, it's in quatrains. So the po uh, the poem, uh, does also mention Gondolin and Nargothrond and all these cool things that we learned about in the Silmarillion. So I like it a lot better now, mm-hmm. than I did the first time I read it or the first couple times. When I know what's, what's going on and what they're talking about. Uh, Pippin also really likes the poem and wants to learn it.
0: I thought that was Sam. I just That's closed Sam. my book. <laughs> I like that, said Sam. I should like to learn it.
2: I guess I just switched out the names Photoshop style.
0: <laughs> um, but also he's like, uh, but it makes the darkness seem heavier, thinking of all those lamps.
1: Yeah, because right. it could be light, but it is not.
2: But the party goes to sleep again. I don't know how. That's the creepiest situation I've ever heard of. Uh, And the next morning, there are some like shafts in the ceiling. So sunlight or daylight, let's say, does come in and light up the place a bit. And they find a small room off to the side of the big cavernous space that they're in. Uh, And that room has a two minute that um, says, here lies Balin, Lord of Moria. And then Gimli is sad. And the chapter just ends.
1: I'm so yeah. sad too.
0: You're just both very sad and very sudden.
2: I know. I was listening to the audiobook, but obviously it was that unofficial, you know, not legal one. <laughs> so I was like, oh, did they fuck something up? Did it just end? What, what happened? Nope. Nope, so then that's I. It. Yeah. To be continued, except not next week because we're taking next week off because two of us are out of our respective towns.
0: we mean to you like that.
2: Uh, anything else to say about this good, good chapter? Nope. I think
0: I had highlighted a bunch of stuff and I tried to insert it when we went As through we went. it. So, okay, cool, yeah. cool.
2: I had my favorite line. Other than that, I think this is my favorite chapter so far. Just because it was, it was really good. Like listening to it, I was, it was creeped out. There was good action. The walking wasn't like, oh, and then they walked. Oh, and then they walked. It was like they reached this place and then had to deal with this and reached this place and had to deal with this. You know?
0: It was active walking.
2: Yeah. It felt really good. I really like <laughs> this chapter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I love that the, the fellowships sell together and forming their fellowshippy bonds.
1: Friends.
2: Everybody loves
1: friends. Precious.
0: Creepy tentacles. Creepy I love creepy tentacles. Shadow walking thing.
2: So good, all of it. I mean I don't love creepy tentacles. But in, in book form they're fine. They're good. Mm-hmm. All right, so not next week, but the week after. We will be on book two, chapter five. Five, The Bridge, the bridge of Casa Kaza Doom. Um, dun,
1: dun, dun. dun.
2: <laughs> will we get out of the dark? Who knows?
1: Will all well, of them get out, who's out of the dark? Everyone knows.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't going to say that, but I was thinking it. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will we find more doom? Well, this is Tolkien.
2: Rachel, we will always there. find more doom. It's
0: all I want. <laughs> Glad we're going toward a mountain called Mount Doom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still sitting over here like, what's up with that name?
2: So wait, once once they reach Mount Doom, is that like, will you feel fulfilled? Will you no longer need doom in your life? Nope. I will always need doom in my oh, life. Good. So if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us with our email which is wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com or tweet at us at toreadtolkien. Once again, we're taking next week off and I think that is everything. I'm Caitlin.
1: I'm Rachel. And I've been Emmy.
2: And we'll see you all next time.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.